0: I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen.
1: You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality.
0: Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here. I have a question for you. Are you familiar with Allison Krauss in Union Station? If you're not, I would recommend them. Uh, not a Christian band per se, but I mean, my goodness, if you've heard the song, The Prayer, you know right where they're coming from. Well, the gentleman who wrote that and who plays uh, mainly banjo on a lot of the Union Station stuff, as well as things like the Old oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack, and a lot of just just wonderful, talented musician. His name is Ron Block, uh, and he is my guest today, but we're not talking about... Bluegrass music, we might a little bit. I confess, I like it, so it could come up. But we're talking about Ron's book uh, that is out now called "Abiding Dependence," and uh, just the the simplicity and depth of the title is enough to get me interested. Uh, but we're going to unpack that because uh, I really think it's key to the Christian life, key to all of life, uh, and the fruit that comes from that. So great conversation happy pancake day to those of you in Canada I'm told in chat uh, if you are watching us live and chat enabled we invite your comments and questions uh, and if you're watching in the replay we like your comments too as long as they're nice Ron welcome to life today live
1: <laughs> thanks for having me here Andy
0: so I mean it is a little surprising I think to to have someone who's an established well-known you know musician write a, a book like this a little unexpected where'd it come from for you <laughs>
1: Well, um, writing has been, it was probably my strongest subject in high school, hmm. you know, so uh, I, I've i always written and journaled and um, written blog posts and things like that. I've done that for decades. Uh, but the, you know, the, the subject material has grown out of my own journey, really. When you come down to it, it it's really about the things that I've learned that at this point in my life, I wanted to share with people uh, things that might be helpful and beneficial, especially to people that are, they don't don't quite know who they are in Christ and they're just coming into that, or they've had struggles with legalism or license or whatever. and, And I just wanted to write something that spoke to people the way these truths have spoken to me.
0: what what were some of the formative experiences for you that made these real
1: uh you know what okay um I think let me just skim this whole quick quickly this whole thing so when I was young things happen when you're young and they hit you and um, I had basically a good childhood but I had probably several jagged events that they leave a hole in you mm-hmm. where you're looking for something, you know, you, you spend your life trying to figure out who you are. And uh, so music, when I started playing music as a teen, all of a sudden I had something that I knew I could be good at and something that I was um, gaining a real sufficiency in very quickly because I was practicing all the time. Mm-hmm. So I started, without knowing it, I started building my self-worth on playing music. And so by the time I got uh, I was I was 27. I'd been playing in bands and for years and then I joined Allison's band and then that sense of self-worth just like I felt great, sure. you know, I felt amazing. It was it was of course and it was incredible. It was beautiful to be with a bunch of people that really want you there. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But I started then then uh I over the next couple of years I started to get really perfectionistic with my playing and hard on myself and And uh, yeah, so I just basically tanked her and uh, so what goes up must come down. Like if your worth is rooted in something you do or who you think you are, uh, then that's going to let you down at some point and then you're going to crash. So it was a roller coaster for me for a while. Uh, But I started being a raised a good Baptist boy. I I knew the answers were in the word. Hmm. So I started digging around. And I found things in there that I don't know if I was never told them, <laughs> but I didn't ever hear them. Like, and I mean, he that has ears, let him hear. I think you can't hear some of this stuff till you're ready. You know, I remember reading identity verses in a book, you know, before I needed them and going, oh, isn't that cool? We're one spirit with the Lord. Oh, isn't that great? Oh yeah, you yeah, we died in Christ and we rose. to. Oh, that's those are neat little truths. Well, no, they're lifelines um, when you need them they're there and so that's that began all this journey uh, toward abiding dependence
0: so so you've got two very key words in the title right and I think you know when we crash we realize the dependence part Um, yeah talk to me a little bit about what you realized you had been missing that you needed in that dependence because it was It was head knowledge from your childhood but like you say evidently something was missing
1: well i think i think we have to crash on what we are depending on Hmm. which for me was playing music and being a really good musician and being respected and all that kind of thing um so we have to crash on those things then we suddenly we go oh i feel terrible and then you start asking, "Why do I feel terrible? Mm-hmm. What is this about?" And you, and if you know, if you have any awareness of God at all, you go to Him and you go and you pray, you know. But of course, at that point, I was still praying, sorta to God up there somewhere in the vague somewhere, mm. you know. God's, up, oh Lord, you know, way up there somewhere. I don't know where in heaven somewhere. <laughs> Send help down here, and you know. So there was this idea of God up there and me down here. Um, so there, there was dependence, and I had dependence in other areas. I trusted God for my finances to take care of my needs as a musician. I'd done that for years. I trusted him to get me to heaven when I die. But I'd never trusted him to be love in me through me to other people, like to really, to really like be able to love even if people don't love me, uh, to really love even if people are mean to me or, or hurt me that power of love only comes from God cuz that loving your enemies is the only way you can do that is through through Christ through the power of God inside you and knowing him inside you so i learned my dependence and but but the reaching toward my identity that was a big step in it but then then in like the 2000s i started to come to more conclusions about well wait a second you know if Christ is in me and uh, and, he, all, I, and I have a new identity, then God is, and God is omnipresent. Then he, God is all around me, and everywhere I am, He is. And mm-hmm. He's not only in me, He's in other people. So, I mean, when you, when, that's the it's <laughs> a strange thing when you get into Christian doctrine, because we're trained to think things, oh, God is here and not there. Mm-hmm. God goes here and doesn't go there. Well, it says He's omnipresent. And so if he's omnipresent, that means he's everywhere at all times. And think about, I'm not going to uh, be accused of being heretical, but think about what that means. You know, think about God everywhere at all times. So when I began to think about that, it began to expand my view of my own, uh, my own life and what I needed and what I actually possessed in Christ. What I possess is a present God who is available and ready for action And all he waits for is for me to stop working and being independent Mm. and trying to get her done on my own, the little engine that could. And he goes, I'm just sitting here waiting for you to get done. And when you're finished, I'm going to work. And you're going to see the miracle of God working in you and through you loving other people that you didn't think you could
0: love. Okay tough theological question that's not in the notes that the publisher recommended I ask you <laughs> <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> because you, you you said a couple things that I, I I think for people would be a little tough to line up uh and, and that's the idea that one God was waiting for you which gives a, a, a an implicit idea of autonomy in other words he's respecting my own choices uh, and yet the omnipresence of God in other people um what do you think's going on with people who re- reject him? Like, is God in them, would you say, or not? Well, if either he's
1: everywhere at all times or he isn't. And there is the light that lights every man that comes into the world. So when you're thinking, th- when I think through these things, and I'm not, I'm like, I, okay, I'm basically, you know, the word agnostic means you don't know. Right. So there's a lot of things yeah. that I talk about. That I go. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know. So <laughs> this like is one of the. That. Thank now, you for no, now that. we're all that way. Well, yeah. I tell I tell my son a lot. We have a lot of conversation. I go. I go. Ethan, my agnostic box is massive, and my I know box is tiny. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's. So, but when you when if the doctrine says, and I believe it's true that God is present everywhere at all times, He's shot through every atom and quark of the universe. <laughs> And that means through every person. He is what by him all things were created and by him all things hold together. What is all things but all things? Not some things. So all people are held together by God. So so he is shot through in everybody. But people do reject him. They mm. do say, I don't believe in that. I don't want it. And it's, there is, so really that is that is trying to maintain a level of independence and autonomy because what they believe about God is that God is going to be a tyrant or he's Zeus Mm. or he's going to change their life in ways they don't like so they you know shove him off like that and I mean I guess we all do that to a certain degree until we get closer and closer into God and we begin to see how loving he is and how kind he is and how trustworthy he is. Because when you're on the outside, when you're on the total outside of this thing we call the Christian life, when you're on the total outside, you look at it and you go, oh yeah, a Christian is somebody that goes to church and they do this and they read their Bible. And so it's all about their actions because you're looking at it from the outside. So people who don't believe look at it from the outside. And then if they get a little closer, they go, oh, there's this God that You have to keep all these rules, and you have to not do this and not do that. So that's another, like, moving in toward the center of the circle. Then we become a Christian, and then often we carry those attitudes straight into our Christian lives. Mm. We go, okay, um, so now I'm a Christian, so Jesus saves me from hell. Uh, I get to go to heaven when I die, and now I've got to try to be good and keep all these laws. And not do bad and try to do good. Well, it's still not the center. You're still, you're still on the outside of this thing. You're just living in forgiveness and then trying hard. <laughs> right. So what has, to ha- what has to happen is our, our trying hardness, it has to capsize. We have to absolutely, that thing has to be absolutely shattered mm. to where we finally realize we have a final realization or maybe one of many final realizations that our own effort to, for, to be loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, and all those fruits of the Spirit, we don't cut it. Right. And that's the, that's the offense of the cross. That's the thing in Christianity, which says you don't cut it, your own effort doesn't cut it, you can't be loving enough, you can't be kind enough, you can't be forgiving enough, you need God. And so as we, as we hit that recognition, we're moving closer to the center of the circle. And that center of the that, so then we move into that, and then we go, oh wait, the fruit of the spirit. That means the fruit that proceeds from the spirit. So the spirit is in me, right. and so I can have the fruit of the spirit. Well, how do I get that? And that's it. So as we journey, and this is sometimes decades, sometimes people get this bam, and then other times it takes us decades. And I think it just depends on our personality. Yeah. But to move all the way through into the center of this thing, in the center of this thing is the father of the prodigal, who God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. It says the world. So God was in Christ. It doesn't say he was reconciling himself to the world. Now, that, I mean, that's an important point. Because, I mean, that's basically what I was taught. God had to reconcile himself to the world. But it says God was in Christ. God was in Christ. Sorry, I I spaced out for a second. I saw the screen. Uh, So God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So that, and Paul says, so that we are ministers of reconciliation. So our job is to go to people and go god is not against you it's not to go to people and say god is against you until you change your behavior right it's to go to people and go god loves you Mm -hmm. god is so for you and so for your life being everything that it could possibly be full of love and joy and peace and goodness and all the great things of the holy spirit so that that's what we are as ministers of reconciliation so at the center of this thing I'll stop now, but at the center of this thing is this God that's the father of the prodigal, who when the prodigal came, the father didn't go, well, I hope you've learned your lesson, and are you gonna keep my laws now? He didn't do any of that stuff. He just knew that if the prodigal came home and, and had contact with this loving father, that boy would change, period. And so God knows, As we come into that inner circle of depending on him and living with him, which is just abiding, to live with the consciousness and awareness that God is present and with us and that we can depend on him, that's abiding dependence. As we do that, God knows that simple, mere contact with his loving self changes us. And there's nothing, I mean, when we live here, there's nothing we can do about it. We can't hold, if you're living in abiding and you're staying there as much as possible, you can't hold on to unforgiveness. You can't hate people. You, You literally can't. John says, he that abides does not sin. So if you're abiding, if you're in this center, you can't. You can't sin. You can only sin by, by stepping out of that and ceasing to be, be aware of God living in you, yeah. which, I, you know, we all do. We step out of that sometimes, and there's forgiveness for that. Don't. I'm not making this a big, like, religious law thing. I'm just saying inside that place of safety and love, uh, we can be safe for other people and love other people.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I, I've said it before, and you can't say it enough, but when, when you are in that place— the fruit bearing comes naturally. Yeah. Uh, and, but when you yeah. pursue the fruit bearing, but you're not connected to the vine, you're, you're hopeless. I mean, it, it, you might yeah. produce some fruit, but it's going to rot, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. You're, you're Chris Farley. Stupid. Warm, stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. I missed that scripture. Uh, wanna, <laughs> that's right. I want to show uh, the book again. This is Abiding Dependence by Ron Block, available wherever you get books. And as you can tell already, there's some depth here, uh, but there's an, also a beauty in, in really some key things that he's talking about. One thing about the prodigal, I was thinking about this independently of our conversation that I knew it was coming. But th- the prodigal, when he came back, he didn't come back as a, as a king. He didn't come back. He came back as a, a slave. In other words, he surrendered uh-huh. everything. And I do yep. think that is key. It is. How much of surrender plays a part in what you're talking about?
1: Well, you, you have to, it's that thing of uh, it's coming to the recognition of your own bankruptcy. Yeah. Like where you finally go, you know what? I've tried to love so-and-so. I've tried to do this. I've tried to be good. I quit. <laughs> yeah. And that's really, you yeah. really do. And, you know, everybody goes, oh, don't quit trying to be like Jesus and all that stuff. And it's like, you know what? No, quit trying to be like Jesus so that you can get close inside and then that infusion of life is himself. And then he wants to live through us and that makes us like Jesus. So it's not done by effort and trying to be like him. We have to give up on that. That's the very thing yeah. we give up on our own trying and our own effort and then we sit from a place. So, so I guess I can best represent it and I do this in the book several times as a musician and if any of you are sports people or musicians or really do anything at a, at a high level, you cannot, like, I cannot go on stage with the idea of like, oh, you know, I'm not very good and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it and I, I hope I play well and I hope I don't make any mistakes. Well, if I go on stage like that, thinking of all the rules that I gotta keep and I gotta be good and, and there's a lot of pressure, if I go on with that attitude, I'm sunk. Because, because I'm not going to be able to remember everything. But when I stop and I take the moment before we go on stage and I breathe and I go, thank you, Lord, that you are here, that you're present. You have trained me for this moment. You fill me full and I trust your life in me to go out on stage and give out love and life to people through my playing and through my singing so that they have a cathartic experience and experience the love of God in a way that isn't verbal, and so that someday when they do hear the verbal gospel, they might go, this feels like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so so when I step out on stage with the idea that I'm full and sufficient in Christ, and, and that I'm just gonna go out there and have the best time possible, and I'm gonna forget about making mistakes, and I'm gonna make some mistakes, that's fine. You just throw that and go, that's fine. It's gonna be fine. The bigger, the bigger purpose is gonna cover that. So that's a different thing than going out there and going, oh, I gotta try really hard. And so in the Christian life, when we step out into the world and we go, oh, I gotta to try to be Jesus to people, and, and we do all that, they, they feel that stilted self-consciousness And when we are trusting God in us and we go, wow, I mean, as ridiculous as this is, when I look in the mirror, I go, this is Jesus lives in this. It's ridiculous because of the things I've said and done, the the things I haven't done. But he doesn't look at any of that. He just goes, I want to live in you and through you right this second. So I don't care about any of that stuff that you've done or (laughs) the stuff you might do in the future. If you rest in me and trust in me, I'm going to live through you. And people people really really sense that off you when you're living that way yeah. they feel it they feel this tangible thing of the holy spirit and uh and that does not come by any other means it does not come by our effort so we have to get free of that effort is that's what you're you know, that's what yeah, we were talking yeah, about
0: yeah, yeah a, friend, a friend of mine toured with Reba mcintyre for years and years way back when uh bass player and i was playing with him in a band and i'm i'm dude i am the hack novice in this band right the rest of them are pros um but he told me i was nervous as anything to it he said look just start on the right note and end on the right note and the rest will take care of itself (laughs) right yeah yeah and i think there's a little bit of that in the christian walk it's like start with jesus end with jesus and the rest will kind of take care of itself
1: yeah earl scruggs used to say that about the banjo he said you start strong and end strong (laughs) You know what happens in between is just what happens, and you you, you try to do the best you can there. And yeah. you know, the other thing yeah. I've
0: noticed uh, again as a <laughs> I hate using these music analogies, but they do come to mind because I'm I'm just a complete novice, right? I just love it though. But it is I I have noticed that there are times where it's work. I mean, I have to concentrate on where my fingers are and yep. where the band is, and you know all that kind of stuff but if you if you practice enough which you obviously put that time in throughout your life then it comes naturally and then it yeah. becomes fun and that's a whole different level of of playing it is do you see any it, of that porting over to the christian life where if you if you stay there in the word you stay in prayer you stay conscious of god being in yep. you and around you that it, it's it's more fun and it's a lot more natural
1: yeah uh i do mention in the book especially near the end i say you know abiding dependence uh we get i i said the practice of abiding dependence is well practice so we get prac, we get better at something we we do if we do it with focused practice mm-hmm. so so you know abiding dependence now it it, it does that word does encom- uh, encompass Things like, you know, studying your Bible, with, but, with, but with the attitude that God is present with you and he's going to reveal things to you. Not just that you're intellectually looking up stuff in Strong's and all that. You, that's great. I do that all the time. But with the idea that I'm sitting here with the creator of the universe who, for some ridiculous reason, cares about me and wants to reveal things to me, I have no idea why. But I'm just going to take it. And so to to do to do our bible study to go to church to you know do all those things we do as the body of christ those are all great things but if we do them without that awareness of the spirit it it can really quickly turn into dead religion yeah where we're just i I went to church check i did my bible study and devotional today check and we're not actually going oh my father lord jesus holy spirit you are so welcome here today in my life right that's there's a difference there's a big difference than checking the list and it's a religious list it's a law list and what we want to do is is live a life that is that is walking in abiding dependence where we're you know he that abides does not sin And if you're abiding, here's the other thing. If you're abiding, you don't need the law to tell you what to do. If I am abiding in Christ, I don't need a law to say you shall not steal from your neighbor Peggy. I don't need a law to tell me that. I love Peggy. I'm not going to steal from her, right? So if you're in love and walking in actual wholehearted commitment love toward God and toward other people because you're accepting and living from the wholehearted commitment, love of God toward you and in you, you don't need external law to tell you, oh, don't commit adultery. Well, why would you do that? It would destroy your wife and your kids. It would destroy the other person's family. So those things aren't love. And so if you're living in love and you're living according to that, it's not that you're above the law or below the law or whatever. Christ, Jesus Christ, is the living law and God's spirit is the living embodiment of the law, and he wants to embody it in us. And so when we live in that love, it just, it becomes in a natural, I don't mean natural, it's a supernatural thing, coming through us, the love of God for people. And we will constantly be surprised at ourselves for loving people. Like, I mean, sometimes I go, I can't believe I forgave that guy again. (laughs) You know, like, it's weird, you know? But I, but I like him anyway,
0: you know. Yeah, No. well, it, and it is supernatural, but it also becomes our nature.
1: Yeah, well, it, right? because it ultimately really, if we died in Christ, as the Bible says, we died, and Paul says the old man was crucified. If that's true, and if it's true that if any man is in Christ or woman, he is a new creation, the old has gone, the new has come. Well, we're a new person, yeah. and the whole the whole process of sanctification, the the process of it involves really believing that and going, wow, uh, Christ is in me. I'm still my personality, weirdly. Yeah. but Christ wants to come through the the stained glass of the unique stained glass of my personality with his light and show forth all the colors of my soul and of my music and of my personality to other people cuz he delights in each one of us our individuality he delights in that he God is not in the cookie cutter business <laughs> he loves your individuality he loves each person and he delights to show a facet of himself through each person
0: yeah so, yeah, and you yeah. touched on something I wanted to go here because I look at you, I see Ron Block. If I'd have looked at you, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I'd have seen Ron Block. Musician, you're still a musician. Mm-hmm. You're a father then, you're still a father now, a husband then, husband, you know, uh, a, a Tennessean then, a tennessee right. now, right? So, from right. on the outside, you know, looks very similar. But contrast Ron Block at the at the low realizing that everything i've built in my identity and all that is not satisfying with the ron block who has discovered and pursuing uh is pursuing an abiding dependence yeah. contrast those two people yeah.
1: it put it puts you know it puts things in perspective because if i'm playing music and i as i was and now now let me just say ever since i was a teenager early teens i have loved to play music so there is a real genuine love of music of playing music but when i say it was a self-worth thing then i don't mean that i didn't love it and i was just trying to get something from it i truly love sure. the activity of sitting and practicing my guitar or banjo I'd, i would do it myself even if i didn't do it for a living i'd just sit and do it because i love it but i was getting my worth from it and when you try to get your worth from something if you think about it like think about two people and uh, let, let's think about a romantic uh relationship and uh both people or one person is trying to get their sense of worth out of the other person well what are they doing they're all fishing for compliments they're always saying how terrible they are because they want the other person to. it so there's all this kind of like bad dynamic that's created because that person is trying to get their worth from the other person mm-hmm. so i was doing the same thing with music and in some ways that created a bad dynamic because if i go on stage worried about how i'm going to perform and how other people are going to perceive me i'm not doing this hmm. You know, and those best musicians are the ones I always say, you know, it's like those rock musicians of the 70s that are ripping their shirt off. I mean, that, like, literally, like, that's that's what people, not necessarily literally want the shirt ripped off, but they want to see the heart just opened up like that. And that's what we look for in music. And you can't really do that if, you're, if your worth is so entirely attached to it. You can't be f- absolutely free. So the, one of the differences in music for me is that I feel so much freer now than I used to be yeah. when I play. I'm, I, when I play in front of people, I'm just kind of like, you know what? I'm I'm here. I'm not here to make everyone think I'm a great musician. I'm here to play music so that people will go away with tears in their eyes, and so they go. Oh, I just felt so so clean after listening to that or i felt i felt so happy or i was able to cry for the first time in three years you know like stuff like that that's what that's why musicians are there we're cathartic that's what we're there for not not to get uh accolades you mm, know mm, mm, i mean yeah. accolades will come if you just simply be your if you simply be yourself but you can't attach yourself to them yeah and make them a necessity because when you start doing that it starts distorting the music you make and distorting the art yeah
0: it's uh for freedom that he set us free and i hear it yeah that's cool i did see one of those 70s rock guys about 40 years later ripping his shirt off (laughs) still not a good look
1: (laughs) you're like not a good look don't do that stop doing that yeah
0: all right (laughs) Uh, i want to show people uh real quickly your website ronblock.com Looks like this. So there's a nice black and white picture of him in a barn, probably in Frankenstein. Standing on a stump. Yep, that's you. <laughs> uh, so that's RonBlock.com. And you've got an app coming out just for anyone that is interested in banjo playing. They got to know about this. But give us a little overview of kind of what you're doing today and about the app that's coming out.
1: So I've been uh, uh, more and more uh, during, during COVID, I did a lot of teaching Um, And it was there was some a lot of one on one, but I also did workshops on Zoom, which was it was great. It was good experience. Uh, And I recorded those early ones. And then I've recorded workshops all along since then. Um, But now I've recorded just without doing a Zoom. I just recorded on my video cameras, a beginner, uh, beginner sort of workshop to teach people, take people from not being able to play at all. To being able to play a song, and so I'm going to launch the app with that and several other courses, and then I'm going to keep on adding courses. So this is a going to be a growing thing, where where people can just keep learning, keep learning, keep learning. But I'm going to launch it with the beginner app, and then um, uh, soon I'll I'll take that where the beginner app the beginner course stopped. I'm going to take take it from that point, and I'm going to move people into intermediate. So so it's, yeah, it's a whole uh, thing. It'll You download it. You'll be able to download it on the App Store or Google Play and uh, subscribe. And then, boom, you're looking at whatever content. And it's, it's just me sitting down here, right here, with, you know, uh, cameras on my fingers mm-hmm. going, now, here's how you play this note, and you play a note like this, and here's the chord. And it's me just teaching, just, like, sitting here talking to you, so
0: yeah so if uh, you know somebody that wants to play there you go uh going through the <laughs> approval process of the app store so keep checking back ronblock.com to see yep. that and if you want to uh improve your spiritual walk uh you can pick up abiding dependence wherever you get books uh are you are you playing are you touring you do anything here this uh, spring and summer uh you know what
1: i no i'm working on just projects at home. I have a an album I'm working on. Uh, I did. I was gonna say, Abiding Dependence is now available on Audible. Oh, nice! And I read it. So, so the book buddy uh, who does the books for Moody, they had me read it, and then I I said, Hey, I want to add guitars. So I played guitar. Really? Yeah. Throughout the devotional, there'll be, it's like each day starts with a guitar and then I start talking and the guitar plays under my talking nice. for a bit, then it stops. And then, so there's about f- probably four, five pieces for each devotional day. Like it'll, it'll start during a certain section and playing underneath. And it's kind of like a movie. It's kind of like watching a movie with movie music. It's, so so anyway. That's I'm, I was kind of excited about that. I, I really like yeah, how it came no, out. that, and, that that's
0: uh, very cool. I'm an Audible guy. I Listen to it every day, driving to and from yeah. work, and that's yep. That's a lot of work.
1: So. Oh, it was all a, believe, believe me, <laughs> yeah. it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, but it was it was worth it. The end product was worth it, and the and the feedback that I'm getting from people that yeah. it, it, that it's really it's really beneficial for them, and I think that's that's beautiful. Uh, the other thing that I do is I play with a guy over in ireland or he lives in england he's irish northern irish he's a tenor banjo player and i play bluegrass banjo and so we do this um melding it's a mind meld of celtic music with bluegrass and then other elements like a little bit of blues and rock and jazz and stuff like that so it's a check that out it's called banjophonics is the uh the if you like if you like happy banjo music that's your cd right there
0: yeah well yeah as as we discussed beforehand i i am on that i love i love the bluegrass (laughs) and i love the irish and for you to be doing putting both of them together that's a lot of fun ron i appreciate your time uh and your insight great discussion thanks for being with us today thanks for having me it's loved it randy absolutely and you guys can check out abiding dependence wherever you get books check out the banjo phonics ronblock.com and maybe you'll get inspired to. Walk a little deeper and play a little banjo. We'll see you again next time here on Live Today Live.